2019, the world of new music with Richard Kingsmill. I'm gonna put you in place like a fixture On an emotional blackmail bookshelf I'll be your darling tits, legs, honey, sweet pea But I'm a fucking asshole if you ask me I need to be alone You've been at my throat this song right here, this is the first song that we heard from the West Australian talent, Stella Donnelly. The song is called Mechanical Bull and it appeared on her unearthed page just under two years ago. Later that year, later in 2017, she put out another very powerful song called Boys Will Be Boys. And that combined with her confident presence on live stages, we actually gave Stella Donnelly the Unearthed J Award that year. She got an international record deal soon after. She's toured overseas. And now we have her debut album. It's called Beware of the Dogs. Stella and I spoke about her album, some of the key songs off it. But let's start with her background and where she comes from. Um, well, I was born in Western Australia, but I grew up in Wales in the UK. And then I moved moved back over. Now I'm moved to Fremantle as an older person, as an adult. Uh, And yeah, I've been living there for about four or five years. So what age did you leave Wales? I left Wales when I was about uh, 10 years old, I think. Okay. Um, And yeah, moved back to Australia. So my mum's Welsh, so we speak, spoke Welsh, went to Welsh speaking school and everything. It was a big experience. Isn't that the most difficult language on earth, Welsh? (laughs) Yes. I talked to my dad about it. My dad's an Aussie and he he went to lessons and tried to to get it happening, but I think he just ended up at the pub. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say anything in Welsh for us? Yeah. I speak a little bit of Welsh, I just said. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's, well, it sounds pretty convincing to me. Thank you. (laughs) So you're actually, so for the first 10 years of your life, did you actually come back to Australia at all? Yeah, so I we went over there when I we we moved to Wales when I was about five years old. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, and I've got such strong ties with the Welsh country and with with my Australian family as well. So it's really nice whenever I get to go back and and you know visit my my mum Gee, which is my grandmother. And um, yeah, it's, it's I'm very lucky. So let's talk about um, coming through on the music scene out of WA. Mm. Uh, when did you sort of develop this voice? When did you kind of feel like, wow, I could maybe be a singer? Um, I think I was about 16. I wrote my first song then and uh, I actually found out that I completely ripped off a Billy Bragg song almost <laughs> to, to the note. Which, like, which one? Um, I think it was Must I Paint You a Picture. You know my love for you is strong, girls. You know my love for you is real. Yeah, just completely ripped it off unknowingly. I hadn't listened to that record since I was a really young child, so it was it came back from a very subconscious place. And uh, and yeah, that was a very very basic song in terms of lyrics. And then eventually I I started busking, and then um, I got into the West Australian Performing Arts Academy, uh, which I dropped out of about uh, eight months later. But then I, I continued to play in other bands, and and um, and yeah, I guess I I, I figured that I that I enjoyed music 
probably when I was about 16, 17. Yeah, Billy yeah. Bragg's a great artist to listen to at a young age. Yeah, absolutely. So where did you get influenced by that sort of stuff? My dad always had Billy Bragg on, you know. He, he also had a massive poster uh, in our games room of the Workers' Playtime album cover. And, um, yeah, so I guess it was always someone that I turned to because I saw this big poster and, and, you know, I'd find the record in Dad's collection and I'd put it on. And, yeah, his lyrics, I, I guess he was a fantastic artist to listen to as a young child because the focus is on the lyrics the focus is on the story i was 21 years when i wrote this song i'm 22 now but i won't be for long people ask me when will you grow up to be a man but all the girls are up in school already pushing grams after that i gravitated towards those stories through more contemporary artists as well. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to ask you um, whose steps do you feel like you're kind of following in in terms of musical heroes mm-hmm. because your conversational tone of your lyrics, the observations you make, the comedic side of it as well as the serious side of it. So do you think you've taken the biggest cues from maybe someone like Billy Bragg in all of that because he does mm. all of that sort of stuff too? Yeah, possibly. I mean, a lot of it, I think it's a big mix, you know. I think a lot of it, there are also, I mean, for me, there are some female artists out there that I have definitely kind of resonated with in terms of how they, you know, speak, uh, not just perform and, and write. And um, Karis Matthews, she's the lead singer of a Welsh band called Catatonia and she, she's on radio actually for the mm. BBC and she's someone that I still look to today for musical influence um, and, and for, the, for the way that she talks about issues and... Yeah, she always used to find a really sweet way of getting some pretty harsh points across, which I, I admired, yeah. You couldn't have taken it easy on yourself You should be making it easy on yourself Cos you and I know it's all over the friends page You give me road age Racing to the best days It's up to you Well, it's, it's, it's sometimes more effective to do that than hit someone over the head. Totally, Because yeah. then they stop listening. Totally. They're too busy being hit on the head to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. once again, she's a fantastic personality, which you have as well. I mean, I wanted to find out about you as a person because when you listen to this record and when you see you perform on stage and the banter that exists between you and the crowd, I wouldn't describe you as shy. No. You've, have <laughs> you ever think, been a shy person? I don't think anyone does. Just ask my family. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of shy, uh, which I constantly cop, cop it for. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely not a shy person. And stepping out from, because you've been in a couple of bands on the West Australian music scene, you've been in Boat Show mm-hmm. and also Bells Rapids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to step away from being in a band where you've kind of got people around you mm-hmm. and it's not just you as the focus, was that an easy path for you to take and a natural one? It, was, it did feel very natural at the time. It was more, I think now I've become a little bit more self-conscious and a little bit more aware of that, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of spotlight. And it's, it's an interesting kind of feeling having more of a spotlight. I think having a spotlight in Fremantle is very different to having a spotlight on the whole Australian or if not, you know, worldwide kind of thing. And it's, it's a very different feeling. So, um, but it, it was a natural progression for me doing that. And I was so grateful to have those other bands to really kind of help me work on my guitar playing and and my craft and and how I want to go into being a solo artist I guess that was my training in a way Mm. Um, and it, it taught me a lot 
um, even just in how to interact with other musicians and how to treat my band when they come on tour with me and all of those things, it just gave me a, a really amazing kind of training. You had dinner at Jude's and you broke all the plates Telling your favourite joke where you break all the plates You threw all of your clothes off the back of the boat You said that you're gonna quit, but we know that you won't. You won't. You won't. You only like me when I do my tricks for you. You wear me out like you wear that Southern Cross tattoo. You said. That track's got a really cute film clip as well to go with it that's been directed by Julia Jacqueline. But that song itself, she actually wrote that. It was inspired by her time of playing the covers circuit around Perth and also in Fremantle, and she wrote that song as a result. It is called Tricks from the Stella Donnelly record, But Where Are the Dogs? And I spoke to her this week about her musical background. So let's sort of hone in on when she was coming through the Fremantle music scene. I wanted to find out from her what she thought was one of her first breaks on the music scene. There's this great guy who gave me my first kind of proper solo gig where I'd I'd switched from acoustic to electric guitar and I'd written all these new songs and this guy ran a um, toasted sandwich shop called Toastface Griller, which is great, and he, he got me a gig in the basement of that of that shop and that was kind of the first time I knew that I wanted to continue pursuing that solo feeling of telling stories on an electric guitar where whereas prior to that I'd kind of done acoustic stuff or a bit of folk here and there or played in other bands so that that that's kind of behind the scenes moment for me and that was a really empowering moment yeah absolutely yeah it was really nice it was a room for, everyone was just sitting on the floor of this basement and um, they were engaged and that's where I was like, okay, I should probably tell some jokes to kind of, you know, I'm here to kind of tuning up so there's no one behind me to kind of like cover me so I, I guess I better tell a joke now and I guess that's when I started finding my my overall, Your I don't voice. want to say theme, but my voice. Your voice, yeah. yeah. Toast yeah. Face Griller. I've just yeah. got to say that again just because <laughs> yeah. that's such a great name for a cafe. It's great. It's still there. Um, in terms of working in cafes and bars, I know you've sort of been doing that as well as trying to pursue a music career, mm. but that must give you wonderful ammunition as a songwriter. Absolutely. Oh, the characters that I used to meet um, working in the bars, and one of the bars in particular um, was, is such an institution in, in, in Perth. It's called the Claremont Hotel and, um, you know, that's where the Claremont serial killer back in the 80s was was active and it's it's just got so much history and it's on right on the train station and but it's in quite a rich suburb but then you've got this kind of this interesting kind of contrast of people coming through and I used to work the Monday afternoon shift where I'd be the only one there and you'd meet all these sorts of beautiful people but quite interesting characters as well so yeah that that gave me a lot of inspiration does the idea go off immediately as soon as you hear a conversation meet someone do you 
kind of feel like that's a song idea. Absolutely, straight yeah, away, yeah. Away. I'm quickly like typing into my phone, like don't forget this, you know, and I use that to then kind of create a storyline or a narrative or you know something like that. Is this a way for you to deal with humanity? Because uh, you know you write about the pluses and minuses, but you do sort of focus on a lot of the minuses mm, yeah. in in society and and human nature. Is this a way for you to kind of rationalise it and make sense of it and cope with it? Yeah, it's definitely it's a processing mechanism. I think that I have to to kind of analyse and question and, and also question my role in it as well and I think that's how it helps me kind of que- work out where I sit within all of these issues and where, where I can place myself and um, yeah it just helps me process them I guess. Do you feel good about humanity? Yeah, I do. And it's funny. It's when you put out, when I put out Boys Will Be Boys, uh, which is obviously, a, you know, questioning humanity and questioning our humanity, I, it completely restored my faith in humanity, hearing from such beautiful people and um, fathers and sons and, and all sorts of people. It, it actually restored my faith. It was almost as if I'd put a call out and, and kind of heard back. And that was really special for me. My told me of a secret Told me that she blames herself You invaded her magnificence showed you the power of songwriting pretty yeah. pretty much firsthand, didn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Well, I never expected many people to hear that song. You know, I wrote it before the Me Too campaign, so these conversations weren't really happening. And then I put the video out three days before Harvey Weinstein was called out online. And yeah, it was a it was a huge, huge thing. I had to really step up, I guess, Richard, and, and talk about why I wrote that song. And yeah, it became quite a a role I had to kind of step into. Did it affect your perspective on songwriting at all after that? Um, a little bit. I mean, it did definitely, um, I, I realised the power of it pretty quickly, you know, and, you know, when, when something leaves Fremantle, you realise that, that, you know, it, there is power in that. And I kind of, it, it gave me a bit of confidence really to, to continue writing and, and I didn't want to let, let it stop me from continuing to, to speak my mind and, mm. and talk about these issues. I had to really make that decision, you know. Yeah, well, because you would have felt, as I said before, firsthand, you would have felt, wow, people are actually listening to what I'm singing yeah. about and what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I hope I'm, I'm saying the right thing. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know, every word you write, it's like, how's this one going to go yeah. down? Tell me this, did you write Old Man before or after that track? After. So Old Man is almost like a, a reflection 
on the Me Too movement and, and you know, I'd essentially watched my life kind of change. I'd, I'd watched the world change for me as a woman in music. And, yeah, I guess it was just a way for me to continue to speak my mind and I guess it's a middle finger as well to to the people that gave me flack for putting out boys will be boys and it was a way of me kind of going I'm not gonna stop and you're not gonna scare me out of saying these things. Trolling is, you know, an unpleasant part of the world that we live in. Mm. How do you cope with it? Well, when it first happened, it was a real shock. It was almost like I was reading a movie script that was uh, all directed at me, but these people didn't know who I was, and it was this really weird feeling. But since then, I've, I've used it to kind of fuel what I do and how I speak out because if anything it's it speaks for itself in a way the trolling it gives me it almost answers mm. what I'm trying to say you know and is it yeah. any, is it any different to the times that you were playing cover versions on the Perth and Fremantle music scene and you were doing those cover sets and people would be in the audience with those southern cross tattoos yelling yeah. out yeah. yelling out for you to play K-San <laughs> is it really just the online version of what you've already experienced pretty firsthand pretty much pretty much yeah it's it's you know I've I've always kind of had to deal with that sort of thing. Um, but now online, people are protected a lot more. I'm protected, but but it also allows someone to say some much harsher things. You know, I've never I've never been told things in real life that, that I've been told online. And, and that that's a, that's the difference I think is yeah, there's just a lot more. It's a lot more extreme. more questions as well okay so I found out that you don't have allergies no. which was one of the observations <laughs> that I wanted to make from listening to your lyrics yeah. is your mum really a punk well she is in a in a, in a more kind of my mum's a nurse so she's more she's more of a punk in, in a in a wholesome way you know she was a punk because uh, her family are actors but she decided to become a nurse and leave Wales and and meet this Aussie guy and you know she's just but she's also also always kind of taken my sister and I to marches and always thought about the bigger picture in terms of human rights and my dad's a school teacher and my mum's a nurse so they, they've always thought about they've always been part of a union of some sort and they've always kind of thought about the bigger picture and yeah, so in that way, she's an absolute punk. And standing up for the things she believes in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also with your mum as well, do you actually really 
do need to apologise for some of the things you write about? No, or, not or, at all. No, she can no, accept it. She loves it. Yeah, yeah okay. she loves all it. Right. No, she did send me a text saying that after um, Mosquito got played on Triple J, where I talk about using a vibrator, that she went to <laughs> went to work with a with a moustache and glasses on as a disguise. But I know she's not really wearing a disguise. No, she she's must proud. be very proud. She, yeah. your, your family must be really thrilled with what you've achieved in this short space of time. And also, just listening to the record, they must be impressed with what you're doing. Oh, they're, they're so lovely and they're so caring. I'm so lucky to have them and yeah they're, they're very proud and um, they're proud of all three of us kids for doing what we love so yeah I'm mm. very lucky to have my parents. Did you ever want to be a dancer that was the other thing as well because watching a couple of film clips that you've made the last couple anyway you know you're not shy of a dance move. <laughs> Did you have as a kid this secret passion in the back of your head? I, I always, I just, I kind of accepted my fate of, of possibly being too uncoordinated and lanky to, to make it work. But in the last few years, it's been something that I've kind of felt a bit more comfortable doing. <laughs> but no, back in the day, I avoided it. <laughs> and just quickly as well, the vibrato in your voice. Was that a natural part of your singing when you were kind of evolving as a singer? When your voice just warbles, it's really, it's a, oh. such a distinct quality in your voice. Is that something that just naturally comes? I, I don't think that came until I was a bit older. I think that that's something that kicked in maybe when I started becoming a little more husky possibly from over singing. Maybe it's that kind of, maybe it's a weakness in there. But I look back at old videos and I definitely didn't have any of that. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just something I've, I've yeah. slowly developed. The great thing is that you don't use it in every song. If you used it in no. every song, it would become irritating. Yeah, but totally. When it, but when it comes, it's like, wow, that's a really great quality. Oh, thank you. A anyway, I want to play one more track. Uh, let's play the title track, Beware of the Dogs. Mm. Is this essentially... Uh, politicians inspired this? Pretty much, yeah. yeah okay, right. <laughs> so, Without saying too much, yep. So what was it? What was the catalyst? Did you see something on TV? Was it just one politician saying something that just went, I've got to write a song now? Yeah, it just tipped me over the edge. I think it's the, you know, I mean, there's not all politicians are dogs and not all dogs are politicians, but I, it was definitely a, it just tipped me over the edge watching the kind of the privilege that, that comes from parliament at times and that, that kind of that detachment from reality that I see. And, um, it just, it really tipped me over the edge in a way. I, I can't remember the exact thing. It was probably, look, I don't want to say any names, but you know, I, it just got overwhelming. Some of the stuff that's been said by certain parliamentary members and yeah, it ticked me over. I kind of get the feeling with Australia as well. I mean, all of this stuff trickles down from the top and mm. the behavior that people show and politics and other people have talked about this before reverberates through society which is I, I think a real shame at the moment absolutely absolutely and I you know I say this coming from a very privileged position as a white Australian you know so in all of this I, I acknowledge that and I guess I'm just trying to use that platform to to discuss these sorts of issues but you know the fact that I can have a completely different experience in this country purely based on the color of my skin I think is is pretty abhorrent
The Sounds of 2019 with Richard Kingsmill.